It's the payoff. Let's have some fun on a football Friday, shall we? Ben Bosher here in the Blazy Electra studio, ready for a late edition of the payoff, a little 7 p.m. start compared to the 6 p.m. We thank you guys for hanging in there with us while John Vicari's on the high school call of the week. Let's have a fun show. I mean, you guys know the subject matter of today. I don't think that's necessarily a secret. I'm going to talk about the Lions game. And John said leading into the show, I said yesterday, I'm picking the Bears. This feels like a trap game for the Lions. And I'm just going to be honest. I've, I've caught in some, some heat for going against the Lions. I've caught some heat. It's gotten me in trouble for being negative about this team. But if you look back at the past weeks leading up to this week, really ever since this show started off nine weeks ago, I've picked the Lions seven of nine games, guys. So you can come at me for being negative. When push, to, when push comes to shove, I'm picking the Lions most weeks. Up until this week, I'd only picked against them once, and that was the L.A. game. Plus three, it was a push. I'm 4-2-1 and one against the spread when it comes to Lions games. So I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. I, I've done pretty good with this. The only games I've picked wrong were the Bears, when I picked the Lions to cover minus seven and a half, and the Ravens, when I picked the Lions to cover plus three. So for the most part, like I said, I've put my money where my mouth is and went with the Lions most weeks. I keep picking them. I just can't do it this week, though. And you can say I'm being negative. You can say I'm pessimistic, and and that's where I've gotten in trouble in recent weeks because I've warned people this is not a Super Bowl-caliber team anymore. This is a good team, not a great one. Whereas a month and a half ago, I was trying to push them off as Super Bowl contenders. It just doesn't feel like that's the case anymore. And that's okay. As long as everyone can accept that. The Lions haven't been 9-3 and three since 1962. 10-3 almost seems unfathomable. But if the Lions can get to 10-3, and three, or, or hell, even if they're 9-4, and four, you got to enjoy the ride. It's okay that they're not Super Bowl contenders. I think. I mean, I'll throw the text line out early earlier than I anticipated, 989-837-6125. If you still think they're a Super Bowl contender, go ahead and chime in and tell me why, but I'm just, I'm just out on that as of right now because of the way the defense has played the last month. When they were Super Bowl contenders, when I was pushing them off as one of the best teams in the NFC, or at least on par with the 49ers and Eagles, well, that was during a stretch when they were playing Desmond Ritter. Green Bay before Jordan Love, uh, Jordan Love decided to just be good at football. They're playing Bryce Young, Baker Mayfield. That stretch made the Lions look real good. Beating up on bad teams, making the Lions look like a juggernaut. And for the most part, that's unfortunately what they've been this year. They've been a bully to the bad teams, and they struggle against everyone else. They're one and one against teams above 500. Against teams that are exactly 500, 6-6, six and six, they're only 2-2. Two and two. And then they're 6-0 and oh versus everybody else. They're bullies. They're bullies. Enter the Chicago Bears, coming off a bye. Chicago has won two of the past three games, with their only loss coming to Detroit. Their wins were against Minnesota and Carolina. But that Detroit game, it's a game they probably feel like they should have won. And, and for good reason. They did hold 
a lead in the fourth quarter for all but 29 seconds. At one point, they had a 98.2% chance to win the game. Over the past month since trading for Montez Sweat, essentially, the Bears have found a real identity for the first time in the last few years with Justin Fields as quarterback. It's been a mess. It's been, what do we make of this? But now, granted a small sample size, this team has found an identity. They want to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You can't run on us. We're going to run it down your throats. That's the Bears' mentality right now. And they've kind of backed it up. 79 rushing yards allowed per game. That's first in the NFL. Number one, no team allows less rushing yards per game, just 79. And they run it down your throats, 137 rushing yards per game. It's third in the NFL. They want to play smash-mouth football, very similar to how the Lions are built. Now, the Lions have better pass protection. The Lions have a better passing quarterback, whether you want to say Justin Fields is a better long-term answer, sure. But I think most people can agree, Jared Goff has just been better this year. Jared Goff has a more talented, well, maybe not a more talented, but knows how to use his arm a lot better than Justin Fields, to say the least. Maybe the Lions have more weapons. But for the most part, these teams want to do the same thing. They want to win up front. They've built their teams to do so. And while the Lions have been a top-tier team of their own in terms of run defense... They just lost their second highest rated, second highest graded, according to PFF, defensive player to the IR, to the injury reserve. That person just happens to be the defensive tackle responsible for stopping all the runs up the middle, Aleem McNeil. He's been a revelation since last season. Without a doubt, the most improved player on this roster from now and uh, right now compared to last year. On defense, you're losing your big man up front. On offense, you're, you're also losing your big man up front this game, Frank Ragnow, who thankfully is avoiding IR, thankfully is a, avoiding a long-term injury. But Frank Ragnow's out dealing with the knee thing. He's allowed zero sacks this year. He's one of the highest-graded centers in the NFL. And if you thought the O-line looked bad with Jonah Jackson was out, uh, just wait. Because Frank Ragnow, captain... Captain Frank Ragnow, it's a little bit of a bigger deal. So the Bears have been excellent at running the ball. The Lions are missing their best run stopper. The Bears have been excellent at stopping the run, and the Lions are without their all-pro caliber center. We just haven't even got to the Achilles heel of this Lions team either, which is stopping mobile quarterbacks. And yes, I know Justin Fields is only one in three versus the Lions in his career. I'm aware. But let's not forget, he had a fourth quarter lead in two of those games, and his defense was no help. Zero help. Now they might be able to give Justin Fields a little bit of leeway. Because ever since trading for Montez Sweat, this team is well improved. They average five more pressures a game. The secondary is healthy. Jalen Johnson has been one of the best corners in the league this year. Look, I, I only bring all of this up because this, this really does feel like a trap game for the Lions. And I think the public agrees. Maybe not the Detroit public, but the national public agrees because the line opened at minus four and a half for the Lions. It's down to three. That means people are betting on the Bears. And like I said, I, I haven't really picked against the Lions all year. 
You can call me negative. You can call me pessimistic. That's okay. I'm okay with it. I'll catch some heat. It's fine. But I haven't picked the Lions against the Lions all year. Except that Chargers game, it was a push. And now I'm doing it again. This game just feels very trap gamey esque Because on paper, the Bears match up strangely well with the Lions. I mean, I told you they should blow out Green Bay, which I, I still think remains true. I told you they should have blown out the Bears the first time. It wasn't really the case. I mean, the recipe to beat the Lions is take away what the Lions are good at and dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball yourself. That's what the Bears have done. Now, Justin Fields isn't going to torch this team, run, uh, throw for 300 yards on this, on this Lions defense like a lot of quarterbacks have. I mean, Justin Fields has, has ran for over 100 yards against the Lions three straight times, and it, and it hasn't mattered. But this game just feels different. It's on the road against a divisional opponent. You're dealing with very key injuries in places where you need them the most. You need these guys the most. In a game that's probably going to be determined by who wins the trenches battle. I mean, I mean, a lot of games in the NFL are determined by that. But this game specifically, when both teams are trying to dominate the trench, that's kind of their entire premise of winning football games. It's kind of the identity of both of these teams. Being without your all-pro center and being without your nose tackle, that's going to hurt you. Now listen, I, I don't think a loss here for the Lions is panic time, season's over, because you hopefully are going to get healthier over the next couple of weeks. But I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. This game feels like a trap game. They've had the Bears number recently. You can lean on that, or you can say, eh, they're kind of due for one, them being the Bears. So, I want to ask everyone else, do you feel like this is a trap game for the Lions heading to Chicago? Where it's supposed to be, well, it was supposed to be snowing. Then it was supposed to be raining. Apparently, no more precipitation. But it is supposed to be windy, 15 mile per hour winds. And we've gone over the stats with Jared Goff in the windy weather. It's not great. In Chicago, week 14, does this feel like a trap game? Where's your confidence level regarding this game? Do you truly believe the Lions are going to be able to get this done and take care of business on the road and prove their record to 10-3? and I mean, let's just take a moment and think about that. A Lions win would mean they're 10-3. and What's your confidence level they can get to that? Does this feel like a Bears, uh, a Lions trap game going against the Bears? I'll throw the number out. 989-837-6125. We'll get into it. We'll get to that. We'll get to our Lions prop picks. You guys can throw any questions this way one more time. The Frick Sports Bar text line is 989-837-6125. We'll keep the conversation rolling. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. 989-837-6125. Once again, that's 989 989- 837-6125. That's the number for the Frick Sports Bar text line. We're talking Lions. Does this feel like a trap game? Heading to Chicago, week 14. It's supposed to be windy. Jared Goff doesn't have the best track record when the weather gets rough. This time of year, I mean, we're, we're lucky he's sheltered in, in Ford Field. Not to say he can't go perform 
on the road in a cold environment uh, when the conditions aren't great. But history says he's at his best indoors. History says he's at his best when it's nice and sunny out. Well, that's not the reality of December football. You have this game against Chicago. You're coming back home to take on Denver. And then, I mean, after this game, you're in a dome the rest of the way. It's home Denver, inside against Minnesota on the road, then it's in Jerry World, and then you're back at home to play Minnesota again. This is the last outdoor game the Lions are playing until potentially the playoffs. But who knows? Maybe, maybe they never play another outside game the rest of the season. Uh, but do you think this is a trap game? Because I'm starting to get a little worried about this. And I've been worried all week, I'll, I'll be honest. But... I think it's for a good reason. And again, you can say I'm pessimistic. You can say I'm negative. I'm just being honest. I keep picking the Lions. I picked them seven of nine weeks. But this this game just, I got a bad feeling about it. The Bears match up really well with this Lions team. If you want to beat the Lions, you got to take away the run. Well, the Bears are the best in the NFL at doing that. They allow just 79 yards per game. If you want to beat the Lions, you got to control time of possession. Well, the Bears average 130-plus rushing yards per game. They like to control the ball. And they're not going to be irresponsible with the football. They've, they've done a good job cleaning up the Justin Fields turnovers to a degree. They, they very selectively take deep shots down the field. It's a lot of dink and dump. It's a lot of rushing the football between the tackles. And like I said... Like I've warned everyone, Ali McNeil not playing is a big deal. Not only this week, he's on IR. He's out for minimum four weeks. It's not what you want when you're going against a team who loves to rush the ball. Not to mention, Ali McNeil was a fantastic, maybe not elite, but a really good pass rusher from the interior spot. I mean, he's not Aaron Donald. He's not Chris Jones. He's not Quinn and Williams, but... Whatever tier is right below that, that's, that's what Aleem McNeil was. He's been a revelation for the Lions this season. And now he's out. Now you're relying on Isaiah Bugs to take those minutes. Isaiah Bugs has been a healthy scratch for like four straight weeks. So there's a lot of concerns. There's a lot of red flags as to why this might be a game that doesn't go so well for the Lions. And again, Chicago has found a rhythm recently. They're coming off the bye. They're well-rested. They're healthy. When the Lions first played the Bears a few weeks back, secondary was banged up. It was prior to having... Oh, no, they, they still had... Uh, they still had Montez Sweat. But it was prior to the secondary getting healthy. Now that that secondary is healthy, it's, it's been an improved unit. Not best in the league by any means, but they're getting to the quarterback more because of Montez Sweat. The DBs are now healthy. Coverage grades have been better. They're finding a rhythm at the right time of the year. Now, I'm not going to tell you, oh, this Bears team's going to rally and make the playoffs like last year's Lions and put together this incredible second half of the year. But they are playing their best football right now, which is what you want to be doing. And if I'm being honest, the Lions haven't been playing their best football by any means in recent weeks. Their best football came at the beginning of the season. I've said it for weeks on the show. Your highlight of the season cannot be week one 
beating Kansas City. That's the only time the Lions have a win this season against a team above 500. All the way back in week one. Week one can't be the peak of your season. It's got to continue to get better, and that's what the Lions have, have failed to do, unfortunately. So, with that being said, um, I'll throw the text line out one more time. 989-837-6125. Does this feel like a trap game? Got one text coming in. Does a Lions loss put them in a downward spiral? No, I'd like to say no, it doesn't put them in a downward spiral. You still potentially have a two-game lead in the division. You're hoping you still win that, but it gets tougher because the upcoming schedule after Chicago, home Denver, who knows? Russ has been playing pretty good football the last couple of weeks. Um, In Minnesota, I just expect to split with Minnesota. You haven't swept Minnesota in eight years. You haven't won in Minnesota in six years. I'm just writing in a split with Minnesota and a loss to Dallas, the way that Dallas is playing football at home. They haven't lost at home. They put up 30 every game. Down the stretch, the last three weeks of the season, I do expect the Lions to go one and two. That means for the next two weeks, it would be really ideal to win both and maybe not downward spiral if they lose on Sunday, but man, it's a reality check. It, you lose this game and all of a sudden it gets, you got a lot less wiggle room. And that's been the struggle of the Lions all season, not only in the standings and, and from a season perspective, but in these games, they leave the back door open. They never close the door on these teams. They allow them to climb back into it every week. The offense goes stale in the third quarter because they get way too conservative with their calls. It's the one knock I have on Ben Johnson. The defense can't stop anybody ever. So games like last week happen. And you get out to a 21-0 lead in the blink of an eye. And then all of a sudden, the Saints are back into it. you got to take away a team's ability to get back into it. And that comes with stops. Because on third down, I just don't trust this defense at all right now to get stops. Especially Noah Lee McNeil. Third and one, forget it. Bears are going to be able to do whatever they want, if that's the case. So you have to be able to stop Justin Fields early. It's stop Justin Fields. It's stop the other running backs. And everything else should be able to take care of itself. Because like I said, this this feels like a trap game. The Bears match up very well with this Lions team. I just have a bad feeling about it. And I I fear I'm going to be hurt by this team. Um, What team can't hurt me anymore is is this putrid Pistons team. (laughs) We... I'm watching them right now. They're, they're thrown up on the TV. I just have no explanation as to why Marvin Bagley's in the starting lineup tonight. No Jalen Duran. Why the hell is Marvin, Marvin Bagley playing the four? He's useless outside of 15 feet. So why is he playing alongside Beef Stew, who is the five tonight? It makes no sense. I mean, you make changes every single day. Every game you're making changes, Monty Williams, and none of them work. So you decide this, let's just get stupider. Let's just put out these dumb lineups that we know from the beginning aren't going to work. Let's throw out Killian Hayes, who can't hit a three, and let's throw out Marvin Bagley, who is useless outside of 15 feet from the basket and can't stop Swiss cheese from scoring. I just just don't get it. I don't know what the objective of this lineup is. How this organization is run from the top down is is beyond me. It's it's laughable. Uh, And I'm just over it. 
18 straight losses. It's about to be 19 without a doubt. They're up two right now, three minutes left. Guaranteed, this is how this game's going to go. It's going to be competitive for the first quarter. It's going to be competitive for the second and competitive for the third. And then they will just, wheels will fall off the bus. All hell will break loose in the fourth quarter. It's the same thing every time. Seen it, what, 21 times this season. Promise you, that's exactly how it'll go. Uh, Lions, does it feel like a trap game? I'll throw it out one more time. We'll hit the keys when we come back. Um, We'll hit Lions prop picks at the end. We've been stellar at making money on that this season. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 989-837-6125. Is this a trap game? For the Lions, we'll get the text messages rolling in. Uh, We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line in just a second. But to sum up what we've been saying, the Bears match up very well with the Lions. The Lions are dealing with key injuries. The Bears are getting healthier. They're improving the last month. The Lions definitely aren't improving. At best, are plateauing. I, I mean, ever since that Ravens game, what can you point to and say, well, that was impressive. I guess the fourth quarter of the first Bears game. But the first three quarters were atrocious. And then basically the entire Packers game was bad. Um, The first seven minutes of the Saints game was great. Everything else was atrocious. You were trying to fight for your life to survive after going up 21-0 in the blink of an eye. And now we're at this next Chicago game. On the road, potential rain, certainly going to be windy. Not necessarily great conditions for Jared Goff, says every history book there is. When Jared Goff's outside in the elements and it's windy, odds have not been in his favor. That's not to say he can't do it. That's not to say he never wins, but the production does drop off. It's it's a thing. There's enough of a sample size now for us to point at that and say, no, that, that's a real thing. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line. Jeremy, my guy from Beaverton, chiming in. Yes, this is a trap game. They lose by two. This might be the first time Jeremy and I agree on anything. (laughs) Someone's got to call. Are you okay, Jeremy? I figured you'd be texting and saying, this guy's got to chill out, relax. The Lions going to take care of business. But it does feel like there's some consensus here. This is going to be a closer game than people realize. I mean, it opened at four and a half. It's down to three. Most Lions fans, uh, according to a survey that prideofdetroit.com did, anticipate a very close, narrow margin victory for the Lions. And you're never going to pick against the Lions, especially, you know, there's no money on it or anything. So I think that's probably skewed a little bit. I would love to hear from the Bears fans. Do they believe this is going to be a close game? Do they believe they can pull this one off? Do they believe they should have won the first game? Because they played better than the Lions for all but the last two minutes of that game. 29 seconds left. David Montgomery scores a touchdown. The drive before that, the Bears could have picked up, could have won the game with a first down and just the worst play calling I've really ever seen from an offensive coordinator. Just three straight runs up the middle. Just very predictable stuff. If you have some help, if, if you run some more dynamic plays, you could have won that game easily. 
And the Lions would have been feeling really bad about themselves. But instead, it was vice versa. The Bears collapse another game. And all of a sudden, the Lions keep on winning. Uh, new texter chiming in. Uh, 843 number. Also, side note, if you're going to text in on the Frick Sports Bar text line, again, that's 989-837-6125. Leave your name and where you're texting in from. Uh, we love to hear from everyone. We want to know where people are chiming in from. This number says, calm down. The Lions have won three straight after every loss. And, and that's a good point. I think Dan Campbell is kind of the reason behind that. You know, you install this mentality of, hey, man, we can win as many games in a row as, poss- as, as you want, but at the end of the day, we got to be able to respond to adversity. I don't think that's ever been a question. I don't think the Lions have ever feared or, or strayed away from competition or adversity. They usually rise to the occasion. They usually are ready to go and, and answer those calls. So I don't have any problems with, oh, they're going to spiral out of control. I think they respond well to these losses. And you're right. They have won every single one of these games following a loss. And again, the texter kept chiming in. It's Brian. Hello, Brian. Thanks for chiming in. First time texter. Uh, 989-837-6125 if anyone else wants to be a first-time texter today. But, Brian, where I think you make a really good point is, yes, they respond to the adversity well. However, after these three losses and the, the three wins that follow the losses, well, you lose the Seattle game and all of a sudden you're playing Atlanta at home. Not really an impressive win. It was, I, I get it. They're division leaders. They're 6-6, six and six, but... I don't think that's a tough game. The second loss was after the Ravens game, and you're playing the Raiders, who really looked awful uh, and have since then, since the beginning. And then your next game was against the Saints. So, yes, you've responded well. You have won every game following a loss, but the most impressive game of those is the Saints or Falcons. It's not necessarily the best look. 989-837-6125. Let's give you the keys, my keys for this game, which I fear is a trap game. Again, the Bears match up really well. I think this is a trap game. I suspect the Bears are going to be able to keep this really close. If the Lions blew the Bears out, <laughs> to be honest, I'd be really surprised. Uh, they're playing good football right now. A type of football that doesn't allow teams to blow them out of the water. It's a slow pace, methodical, hold on to the ball. Here are my keys for how the Lions can come up with a victory, though. Number one, first and foremost, very simple, yet so important. Don't turn the ball over. We've gone 34 minutes, and I haven't even referenced the fact that Goff threw for three interceptions the last time around in Ford Field. He was sacked twice, pressured 18 times. Colby Sorsdale was responsible for four of those. He's back, starting right guard because of Frank Ragnow's injury. You have to be able to protect Jared Goff, which is key number two. Listen, the Bears are averaging five more pressures per game since the addition of Montez Sweat. They've gotten way better at getting to the quarterback despite being in the bottom chunk of the league in terms of total sacks. Since they've gotten Montez Sweat, it has helped. Shockingly, who would have thought? All the Lions had to do was send a third-round pick to get that guy. Who would have thought? You add, uh, you add a really good pass rusher. You add a really good edge player. 
And all of a sudden, you're getting more sex. Crazy, crazy thought process there. But it doesn't fit the culture. Listen, you got to be able to protect Goff. He doesn't have a breeze of a task like he did last time he played the Bears regarding the secondary. They're healthy. They are banged up before. Now they're healthy. In the past three games, the Bears have rallied up seven interceptions and seven sacks. Seven interceptions and seven sacks in the past three games. Got to be able to protect Goff. And he's got to spread the ball out. That's number three. Key number three. Last week, I know they won. I know Sam Laporta had a career day. Really a historic day. Caught nine passes on nine targets. The only problem was Amonra St. Brown had two receptions. No one else had more than one. You've got to be able to spread the ball out a little bit. You have to be able to get back on track a little bit in terms of what you were doing at the beginning of the season, which was we're spreading the ball out. We're getting everyone involved. We're getting Jamison Williams involved. Can we get some Don, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones for once? That's starting to seem like one of the dumbest trades the Lions have made in years. He hasn't done anything. Why'd you make the trade? Why didn't you go get someone on defense if you were going to bring in someone on offense who wasn't going to contribute anything? I mean, the idea at that time when you brought in Donovan Peoples-Jones was, oh, Jamison Williams is probably losing his spot as wide receiver too. That's probably what they want to do with this DPJ thing. Donovan Peoples-Jones hasn't done anything. He hasn't done squat since joining this team, and Jamison Williams has gotten better every week. So <laughs> you got to be able to spread the ball out. Key number four, or maybe number five. I lost track of how many I've, I've written down. Uh, you got to take Fields' running ability away. They're going to design up some runs for him. They're going to drop some design runs for Fields. Take it away. Another one that seems really simple, but the Lions have struggled with it. He's gone for over 100 yards in the past three games against the Lions. Yes, the Lions are 3-0 in those games, but if you take this away early, if you take Justin Fields' ability to run the ball away early in the game, specifically the design quarterback runs, it's going to make this Bears offense a lot less diverse, or a lot more, no, 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 a lot less diverse. Takes away an entire layer. Takes away maybe their most deadly weapon. Definitely their most deadly weapon, Justin Fields. In order to stop Justin Fields, running the ball, uh, you got to be able to contain him. you got to be able to force him to throw the ball. This is what the whole premise of Aaron Glenn's defense has been this year. Keep the quarterbacks in the pocket. I don't really agree with these methods. I think I'd rather apply some pressure to the guy. But as long as Justin Fields isn't escaping, as long as he's sitting in the pocket, he's bound to make a mistake. It's not his strength, sitting in the pocket, reading defenses, making throws. Not his thing. In order, stop Justin Fields, stop the rest of the Bears running backs, and then pray Jerry Jacobs doesn't get pass interference calls down the field when Justin Fields takes a shot to DJ Moore. Key number six, um, play four quarters of football. What does that mean? Uh, the Lions have been great at coming out of the gate. Eight times they've led to close the first quarter. Eight times they've come away with a victory at the end of the game but they're 20th in the league in third quarter points per game. For some reason, out of halftime, it's slow. It's lackadaisical. They get very, very conservative running the football with a lead. Stop that. I, I don't understand that. If what is working in the first half is working, don't go away from that just because you have a lead. Keep your foot on the gas. Close the back door. That's been the most frustrating part of this Lions season. 
No one is willing to close the door. They let teams get back into it. You don't have to run the ball. You can pass the ball with a lead, believe it or not. Uh, final key. Stop DJ Moore. He accounts for 40% of the team passing yards. That is an absurd number. To put that into perspective, Amonra St. Brown dominates in terms of yardage, in terms of who Jared Goff's throwing the ball to. He only accounts for 31% of the team's passing yards. Amonra St. Brown, 31% of the team's passing yards. DJ Moore, 40. If you take away DJ Moore, you take away the passing game. Listen, this team rarely takes deep shots, maybe one or two a game. Just don't let them connect on those. And please, for the love of God, Jerry Jacobs, don't hold. Don't have a pass interference. If there was betting odds on whether or not Jerry Jacobs would have a pass interference in this game, it'd be like, yes, minus 250, no, plus 300. It's every week, man. No deep shots. Don't let them cash in on their very few deep ball attempts. Those are my keys for how the Lions are going to win this game. All right, coming up next, Lions prop picks. 989-837-6125. We've made a living off the Lions prop picks this season. We've been killer at them. I'll fully admit, not great at the NFL spread picks on a weekly basis on Thursday. Uh, But I'd be a rich man if I only bet on on the Lions prop picks. Unfortunately, I gamble my money away. Most other days of the week, but Sundays, one o'clock. That's where we make our money. Do you feel like this is a Lions trap game? 989-837-6125. That's the Frick Sports Bar text line. You guys can keep chiming in the rest of the show. But Lions prop picks up next. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9. The Mitt. 989-837-6125. 989-837-6125. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line in just a second, but got a special guest in the studio. John Vacari finally joining us. I made the trek. I made the <laughs> trek from Hemlock. It was good. We're back on the FM airwaves, by the way. I, I was signing off the air. didn't think we were an FM. I listened to you the whole way in the car ride down. Oh, gosh. You sounded great. Talk a little Lions-Bears. Ah, Jer- Jeremy would probably disagree with you. Yeah, well... This is then weird. What, what else is new? Wait, this is weird. We're in the same room doing I know, this now. Normal, I know. Normally, you're in the other room controlling the mics, yeah. you know, muting me on accident. Just producing purpose, radio gold. Right. Well, now we're chilling. You're just in time for the best part of the show. Obviously, Lions prop picks when we make money. If um, I'm here, it's the best part of the show, but yeah. What do you mean? What's that supposed <laughs> to mean? <laughs> um, it's me patting myself on the back. How was the hemlock game? It, it wasn't competitive, obviously, if you listen to it. Hemlock's the defending champions. I, I think... Uh, even Bullet Creek getting Hemlock in foul trouble, which I think was the you know situation they wanted to get into. Hemlock's just so deep, but Bullet Creek's gonna be a good team. They're gonna, I think they're gonna make the postseason. It's just Hemlock's they're a different level. What was the final score? Uh, Fifty to twenty-two, twenty-eight point lead, for, the, a win for the Huskies. Was, didn't they have like seven points at the end of the third? Yeah, <laughs> uh, at the end, at the at half, at half. Oh, at half. Wasn't that bad? Oh, well, that's that's yeah. it's not the best. No. Um, 989-837-6125. For Sports Bar text line, we'll get to the prop picks in just a second. New texter chiming in. Again, leave your name. Leave where you're texting in from. We love to interact with you guys, get to know you guys. Um, 989 number. A QB plays his best in ideal conditions. You really went out on a limb on that one, didn't you? The last game, the Bears gave up 115 yards and two touchdowns without Monty wanting to show out as much as they did and sweat in that game. As for Ragnall, 
It's just a good thing they grabbed Glasgow when they did. 100% agree on the Glasgow thing. Maybe the most underrated signing the Lions had in the offseason because, I mean, with how many injuries the Lions have dealt with on the offensive line, having someone like Glasgow who can play three different spots has been huge. And to be honest, like, I was watching the Chiefs game on, was it Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday night, yeah. And someone on the broadcast said they've had the same starting offensive line every game the entire season. I was like, oh, that's that's a thing? <laughs> like, teams are fortunate enough to say that? The Lions have yeah. thrown out a different offensive starting lineup. feels like every week. And to have Glasgow has been a nice part of that, who's worked his way in the starting lineup as the right guard, now playing center with no Glasgow, but or with no rag now. But I do think that's... It's a big downgrade. Like Glasgow's been good, but Ragnar's an all-pro center. That that's gonna hurt the Lions. Um, as for the other comment, <laughs> QB plays his best conditions or plays his best in ideal conditions. Well, I don't know. Jalen Jalen Hurts plays pretty damn good in the snow. Like I, well, I, you, you can argue he gets better with his play style. It, well, it's great because it's like oh, it's stating the obvious. Okay, so then the Lions shouldn't have Goff then if he can't do it, right? Like not not to I, I don't think that was his point, but like oh, a quarterback's play is gonna go down in bad conditions. It's like yeah, you're not gonna be as as uh, predicated on the pass, you're not going to be as, like, you know, just doing it. You're not going to be reliant on it, was the word I was looking for. But, Jared but Goff, Goff, has, is a, Goff is an outdoor problem. Goff, like that, he does. Yeah, I don't know like if you were in the car when, when I was saying it, but yeah. Goff, more than the average quarterback, like, takes a, signifi- a significant yeah. step down in the elements. And, and that was your point. It wasn't like, yeah, we get it. We we know where it, it, it is stating the obvious what he did, because it's like, or the texter did, because it's like, yeah, no crap. Obviously, every quarterback goes down a level, but Hurts doesn't go down as much as Goff does. Right. Goff, Goff doesn't throw spirals in, in the cold conditions. Right. Like that, that, to me, is the most captivating thing about this Sunday. Obviously, you need to win, and you want to still compete for the one seed and then take a step forward in locking up the division. But I just want to see how the spirals look. Right. And, and I told you, and I keep going back to this point, that throw to Laporta to seal the Chargers game That was, was maybe his best throw of the season. It was a duck. The ball was a duck. No, I don't know what you're talking it, about. It was. It was on the move. It was you a gotta duck. you got to give him some slack. He doesn't. He's not used like, to running on the move. And, and, and think, that was indoors. And think about it from this perspective, too. Mm-hmm. It's like these mobile quarterbacks, when the when it's windy outside, well, that doesn't affect that kind of play style. Whether it's 20-mile-per-hour winds or no wind, yeah. Justin Fields is going to be able to do his thing. Whereas Jared Goff doesn't really have that extra element to his game. He's a pocket quarterback, doesn't have the strongest arm. So the wind is going to affect someone like that a lot more than, say, Justin Fields. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who still has that ability to hurt you on the ground. As for the Monty comment from this texter, I think the Lions did, in fact, try to use Monty Williams, or not Monty Williams. I keep doing that. It's uh, tough it's when the you Pistons call him Monty. Are on the TV. Um, David Montgomery, they tried to use him. He got stuffed a little early in the game, and then the Lions went down, and they couldn't keep relying on him to pound the rock because you had yep. to get back into it passing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all Jared Goff in the fourth quarter because you were losing. Yep. So... Yeah, I, you got to be able to get him going a little bit in this game, which leads us mm. to our Lions prop picks. Uh, we've made a, a living off of this. You have. This season. Again, spread picks is me, even though I lost last you're, night. You're out by like one game. <laughs> prop like picks is you game. and Brad, maybe financial advice. That's what, that's what again, that's what we. I keep, I'll keep he reiterating. Can make the it. Spreadsheets. Yeah, man, yeah. He can be, uh, I can do jokes so. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, first up on the Lions prop picks board. Uh, usually, I keep it pretty consistent with the Lions guys. This one, the one I'm the most confident in, DJ Moore over 73 and a half yards. I'm locking this one up. Listen, the Lions struggle with wide receiver one. 
Uh, Keenan Allen, 175 yards. Chris Olave, 119 yards. DJ Moore the first time around, 93 yards. Christian Watson on Thanksgiving, 94 yards. Like, to me, this just feels like a lock. If it's not going to be snowing, if it's not going to be raining, which the weather has changed in the last 24 hours, it could change in the next 24 hours. As of right now, it's supposed to just be wind. But it almost feels like a lock. The opposing team wide receiver ones are going to rack up more than 73 and a half yards. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, 96 yards on seven receptions against Detroit last time. And he was targeted nine times, too. Right. It was sort of his return game because he had that amazing Thursday night game against the Commanders. And then he was sort of under Tyson the radar. Bajan started and, playing quarterback. Yeah, well, that's, you know what? That's a good point. Solid point. <laughs> uh, so that was sort of the return game for him. So I, you don't want that to be the case, but I agree. Oh, and Hudson agrees Hudson, as well. Hudson, we got to give Cashing Hudson in. a shout out in the in the producer chair today. Killing it as always. Agrees, agrees with us on the first one. We'll see if we can keep it going. Uh, I'm going out on a limb on this one. Do it, Jamison Williams over 17 and a half <laughs> yards. Listen, they've been actively trying to work him into the offense a little bit more each and every week. Sometimes it's in the run game. Sometimes it's in the pass game. Sometimes it's on a deep shot. Sometimes it's on some tricky stuff. But if the Bears are able to slow down the Lions' run game, like. I kind of anticipate them being able to do with no rag now. Um, they're going to be looking from a spark from some of their other playmakers. Hopefully it's not on an end around, but I do think it's going to be a little bit of Jamison Williams action. I was looking for his rushing props. I couldn't find it. This they is just receiving. Now. This is just receiving 17 and a half. Cause 17 and a what, half. That's like two receptions. Yeah. 17 and a half total with rushing and receiving included. I would take, they don't have his rushing I, props. Well, whatever total yards, all purpose. I, I just, um, I don't think they have it for Jamison. Okay. Williams. I'm, I'm not in on this one. Hmm. Hudson. Wow. <laughs> Hudson agrees. He's loving the JMO. Hey, uh, he's, 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 listen, I, I wouldn't say he's returned to, or he has been at any point this season first round material, but great touchdown last week, Mr. Superman. Woo. Uh, he's a good vibes guy, too. I don't know if I sent you the NFL clip, uh, NFL films clips earlier today. Like, he's just, nah, I don't a, check this stuff right. you sent me. <laughs> he's just, Ben doesn't read it. <laughs> but he's Reading. just, he, he, he's just a good vibes guy. And, when they do target him, he's made the most of it. It's just for a first-round talent, you wish he was still, in my opinion, more of the offense. But there's no de- denying his speed, man. If they can get him on end arounds, and I do like Johnson, I think, really forcing it to him. Because that play, that Superman touchdown, almost got blown up. The Saints oh, yeah. edge rusher was like centimeters away mm-hmm. from Williams, and that being a substantial loss. And luckily, Jamo's speed, and he just put his head down and just ran straight. Uh and made the big play. So I, I'm not for it, but I think all purpose, I would I would throw it over he, if you could find that line. He said either today or yesterday, if he was in the Olympics, he'd he'd have a medal. He'd <laughs> place. Do you agree? As a sprinter? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's just a speed demon, man. I don't, I don't he's know just if gifted. there's... It, is it there a, he, I, I think it's the second fastest duo in the NFL behind, obviously, Tyreek and Waddle. Yeah. Gibbs and J-Mo are right behind that. 100%. Like, no one's Tyreek, obviously, no. but... Jamal's got that speed. Um, maybe not the the getaway speed, like the zero to one hundred, like mm. the way Tyreek has. But when they're at full speed, it's it's pretty close. Uh, Justin Fields. Uh, here we go. Over sixty and a half rushing yards. Oh, I'm that's sh- a big I'm, number. I, no, it's not. No, I'm shocked. This line is this oh, low. Right. The Lions. Last <laughs> the Lions. They he's ran for over a hundred yards. The last three times he's played the Lions, the only time he hasn't gone for over 100 rushing yards versus the Lions was the first time he played them when he only attempted a couple rushing Mm. attempts. I was shocked this line was this low, knowing the Lions can't stop any mobile quarterbacks, really. So, yeah, I I think this is another lock. Justin Fields over 60 and a half. (sighs) 
Why is that? I guess in a way low. I don't. That number just jumped How out. How is that me. Just, low? Just based on the conditions, I, like it doesn't look I like it's going to rain anymore. Uh, I'll. You know what? I'm. I'm going to say indecisive on that one. I. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to let you rock with it, Hudson. Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a reason. He's gone for a hundred three straight times against Detroit. The, the conditions. The conditions. Not to mention <laughs> the the draws up the middle might be a lot more successful this year or this time around. No, Ali McNeil. They, by the way, just from a Lions perspective, got to stop a rushing quarterback. Come on, like let's just do it once. Oh, good idea. Is, is John. there any? I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any. I guess Dobbs has the capability to do so, but jeez, man, that's tough. Can't have a hundred again. Well, I'll and, tell you that and much. And Russ. We got Russ next uh, week. Well, but Russ don't do that anymore. Like Russ moves. He moves behind he, he, the line yeah. of scrimmage. He's, he he's always on the move in the pocket. Yeah, but he's yeah. That's that's more so where the Lions struggled rather than like just rush. Like Lamar didn't kill the Lions on the ground. No. It was just his ability to move around and scare defense. Like yeah. our defense that he's going to do it. Keep him guessing. Exactly. Uh, and I think Fields. Well, Fields. You almost want him to throw it. He's gonna make a mistake eventually. Uh, next one. Under 43 and a half. They're daring you to take the over with Uh-oh. this. You see 43, you're like, this is a Lions team capable of scoring 43 at any time. But you, you don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's supposed to at least rain on Saturday. This is a grass field, don't forget. <laughs> this is going to be a battle of who can control the line of scrimmage. That's what both teams are trying to do in order to win this game. I think both teams are going to be very stubborn about trying to establish that and dominate up front, which is going to lead to a lot of runs. I'm taking the under. They're they're begging you to take the over on this. They are. It's that's tempting. That is a tempting line. I, I'm gonna rock with you with the under just because again, it's the Bears too. Bears. Like I, I just I, what, what was it? What was the combined total in the last time they played? Um, oh, gee, I thought you had to pull it up. I'm sorry. It's oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to the next one. I'll say fifty. Well. But I, 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 that's that's probably what it was combined, or at least in the fifty mark, because they, they they were competitive towards the end. It was thirty one twenty six. So what fifty seven? Okay, yeah. but that was also uh, indoors, Ford Field. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go with the under in this one. I, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be swayed by what I would say is a tempting line. Hudson, nah, <laughs> he's an over better. He's an over. You he know what they say? It. Life life's too short to bet the under. That's facts. If you did that last night in a game that was dying for the under and it went over. Oh well. I think I said yesterday, mm-hmm. 80% of the people were on the under. Yeah. I took the over, and guess what happened? There you it, go. it hit. And, uh, I, and I bet the Steelers like a moron. Yeah. yeah. Taking a money line in that game was, was crazy. I took a minus six. <laughs> in our pick segment, I didn't just take a money line. I took them covering. <laughs> They're 7-5 and five and competing a, for a playoff a set, spot. The Come wor- on. Maybe the worst 7-5 and five team of all time. Uh, last one I got for you. Trubisky sold the bag. Right. Uh, David Montgomery over 16 and a half revenge game. Part two. He's gone over that three of the past four games, including the game against Chicago where he went for 76. That should have been more, but they had to rely on the pass down the stretch of the game. This isn't going to be a Jameer Gibbs game. This is a cold weather road game, division game, hard hitting physical defensive line. You need a bruiser in this one. I think it's going to be Demo that they lean on. They, they need him to. I mean, and mm-hmm. I, and that's, you know, reason for me enough to agree with you. I, I think, they got to feed Montgomery. They got to get a, get him back in stride. And like you said, yeah, you want to utilize Gibbs. Like I don't think Gibbs, you know, uh, is going to get the bulk of the carries, but I do want to see him a lot. But right. given the conditions, given December football, like it's all cliche, like physical, whatever, blah blah blah. But that's why you have a back like it's Monty, cliche for a reason. And I'm going to pick the over there, Hudson. There yeah. we go. 
I thought about cash. I thought about Jameer Gibbs over in receiving yards, mm. but I stayed away. I stayed away. Stayed away. Do I you, think those are all locks, bro. Do you? Not just kidding. <laughs> do you think this is a trap game? I know you joined us late. Uh, I, th- I think you guys are just so paranoid. I, I, I think this is going to be, I, I said in my picks, because I have Lions minus three in our weekly pick segment, I think it's going to be a one-possession game, but I think the Lions have enough, have enough to do it. And they and they are they know they need this one too. Ten, you know? and, ten and three the would only, be. The, the, what the scares, scares me is they the don't need it. They, like you, you don't necessarily you have a three game lead in the division. The odds of you there's no gimme after be this. Catastrophic if you blew this. There's no gimme's after this one. I know. <laughs> I, I, that's why in a way that's I think why you I've do. been nervous yeah. about this, and I've got I've caught in heat for it for being too pessimistic. But I just I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking at the I, schedule I, and I'm like, well, shoot, Green Bay might not lose another game. Yeah, and maybe this is a must-win. I would, I would say so. It's it's, it's December, a must-win, but people don't. I don't think a, a lot of it people realize it's no. It doesn't end your season. Like you're going to be in the playoffs, yes. no matter basically no matter what. But you're going to be in a bad mood Monday if they lose to the Bears. I might be in a bad <laughs> mood Monday if they win by three. Like it's it's the same thing we see it every week. It's they barely pull these games out. That's what it's been the last month. It's been it's been tough. Uh, we made it to eight o'clock. We did a late version of the payoff. You were so kind to come all the way back to Midland uh, after your basketball game. But the Lions, they got to get this done. One they do. We'll be back to our regular time on Monday. Yes, we will. Six o'clock back here on 100.9 The Mitt FM. Brand new app you guys can download. Listen anywhere, anytime. Great stuff we're putting out there. Follow us on socials too, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you got. That was the payoff. I hope it was worth it. Thanks, everybody.